Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. Today we have a Sydney-based skincare brand founder, Shoshana Eisner, a pharmacist by training who has created her own skincare line for women with sensitive skin. Um, she has put her pharmaceutical skills to great use by creating products for her brand which has been well received since its inception in 2008. Her brand, QED Skincare, is a plant-based luxury line that can also be customized to one's needs. Without further ado, let's welcome Shoshana to the show. Hi Shoshana, how are you today? Hi Jean, lovely chatting with you. Thank you. So let's just get right into it. Uh, Shoshana, as a pharmacist, after coming up with the formulation and the USP, as in like the unique selling point for your skincare, how did you produce your first sample? So at university, we did learn formulating and, um, and in the it's lesser known in Australia that actually pharmacists do mix up products in the back. Uh, and so basically I had a customer coming continuously just saying, how is it possible that there are so many products out there yet I can't find the one that's right for me. And then literally I also had other people saying, come on, Josh, can't you come up with something for me? And one day it suddenly occurred to me, hmm, actually I can. So I started researching and then literally trial and error. Uh, my grandmother was a caterer and um, she taught me how to bake. And actually there's a similarity between baking and formulating in that there's a certain alchemy in getting the ingredients which otherwise are not even thinking about baking, like a, a raw egg is not something tasty, flour is something disgusting. Yet when you mix them together in the right formula under the right conditions, you get something magnificent. And um, so how did I come up with the formula? A lot of research, a lot of trial and error, and in my kitchen. Okay, in your kitchen. So you did not go to a um, manufacturer to get the sample, the first sample out? No. Definitely not. Alrighty, and um, what was your since you did it at home? Was the um, the uh, entry level investment pretty? Um, uh, was it expensive to start the, the the skincare from scratch? Well, I think if if you were starting this this way and you were smart, which I was not, <laughs> um, you would start with one product or maybe two, and then in that case, yes, the entry. Um, entry-level investment would not be so high. However, because I've been working in the pharmacy space for so many years and I could see there were so many people who had different needs, people with sensitive skin, I actually came out with a full range. So the investment was very high. <laughs> All right, the investment was Would you, um, ex did you, is, was that because you went with the, finally after the uh, producing the sample in the kitchen, you took it to the manufacturers to get it, um, you know, done up properly? Was that why it was high or...? Uh, yes, but also in order to make products safe, there's like a lot of testing and things like that. Okay. 
be done. And so, I mean, for each product, development can run into the thousands of the dollars. And then um, to start off with, actually, most of my products were being made by a manufacturer. And so, yes, obviously, you've got minimum order quantities and things like that. So, and also, yep, so one of the factories, uh, because we're in Australia, first of all, obviously, labor costs are high, but it was important for me to have it manufactured in Australia because of a certain level of quality. And second of all, we're really far. Oh. <laughs> so there is um, importing packaging and ingredients can often be a costly exercise. But once again, uh, the, the fact that we have high quality standards, I think, is something like was really important benefit for my customers. All right. So in 2008, what was, if you don't mind sharing with the listeners, what was the ballpark investment, like the range and also what kind of MOQs did they ask back then? Uh, I started off with a very um, cooperative manufacturer. So we were probably looking at about 300 to 600 units, but I launched with about um, probably 40 SKUs, okay. which is... I would not recommend <laughs> for anyone else who was launching a brand. Uh, so think of a very large number. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, so um, I just like to take you a step back a bit to the time when you've uh, already produced the product but haven't gone to market yet because you wanted to test it to see yes. you know what um, the market would think of it. How did? What kind of methods did you use? Like, did you go coal? and stop people down the streets and ask them to test your brands? <laughs> or did you ask family and friends for feedback? Well, uh, I was lucky because I was working in a pharmacy. I had, and also it was a beautiful pharmacy where we had great relationships with the customers. Like one, not like a supermarket one, one where like literally the customers knew your name and vice versa. So I had a pretty much an endless pool of people with sensitive skin. Uh, to try and then of course families and there was a lot of testing and and really the other thing is people with sensitive skin are pretty desperate mm -hmm. uh, because they're they find it really difficult to, to find solutions so they're keen to try something out so that helped all right so you had uh, ready-made customers uh, that you could and they and they tried your product out without um, without any hesitation because it was a, a new um, product right well the thing is I had as a pharmacist I had a significant level of trust established already so it wasn't really cold people so the and again because this this was not an ordinary pharmacy more maybe this was more in line of what pharmacies used to be in Sydney so literally and it was a very big one so my customers knew me and trusted me So um, when I said to them, this is scientific, like rigorously researched, they were happy to do it. Plus, we also had like a testing protocol, so which is really important for people with sensitive skin. So I wouldn't say, oh, yes, you have a serious sensitivity. Let's put this whole product all over your face. <laughs> it was more, you have a serious sensitivity. Let's try a dab behind your ear and see if, and if nothing happens, let's try a dab on your cheek. Oh. And, if, and if no reaction happens, okay. Now let's try it on your face. I had my customers, well, my um, my uh, guinea pigs. I had their best interest in heart. I was, they knew I was trying to come up with a solution for them, so they were very cooperative. Um, as you know, the skincare market business is a very competitive business. Um, 
do you as a pharmacist always check on your comp com uh, competitors and and be, and do you fine tune your products according to your uh, accordingly or you just you know stick with what you have the do i check on my competitors absolutely do i adjust everything constantly according to the latest fab ingredients definitely not the uh, thing is i am i have a commitment to really solving like a, a serious pain problem for people uh, with sensitive skin and so i my thing is not about using the latest i mean in the skincare industry constantly we'll see an ingredient come in that's going to save us and by next year it doesn't exist anymore so i am more about using ingredients that have been rigorously tested and proven so um do i adjust the products from time to time yes and testing other people trying out other people's products yes i want to see if there is a better something better to do but i'm not into fat ingredients so the product itself is very good because you know it's been formulated by a pharmacist so how do you um, decide on marketing strategies? Because that's another thing that will make your product stand out from the crowd. So that is an excellent question. I will be honest with you, I am not a natural marketer. Yes. Um, I Like at all. <laughs> um, I'm more pharmacist in that I, if I can see there's a problem, I want to come up with a solution and I'm to and fro in coming up with a solution, particularly in the space of sensitive skin. I am married to a marketer. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Literally a master of marketing. And um, so, yes, I get he's intricately involved, um, but I'm also heavily aware that marketing is so huge in this industry. Actually, I'll give you a little example. Early on in my research, I attended this web conference. Um, it was 2 o'clock in the morning in Australia, so I was in my pyjamas, and we introduced ourselves and I could hear they were like senior people from these massive brands and it was about formulating and we all had to introduce ourselves and say what our roles were and I realized I was actually the only person in there from a research development everybody else was from marketing and that was really an aha moment I know that uh, because of my lack of marketing it's going to some it's going to bite me in the backside <laughs> um, but I have my principles and so I, I hire people to help me with the marketing but sometimes I tie their hand behind their back. <laughs> so your strategies are to get a third party to do it for you, is that how you work? Yes, but I'm a serious control freak about it. What, uh, what, that, that, does it mean that it can't go on certain places or you are on the budget? You Because marketing budgeting is really, really high for that. Uh, it, marketing budget oh it's it's huge and i know that there is some kind of science behind it but <laughs> it's uh, different to science so you're not the type of uh, <laughs> a business lady who goes for entrepreneur uh, for influencers digital marketing or are you more you know uh, traditional i have to say i haven't figured that out properly yet and i know like you've got to use all of these options mm -hmm. and one of my big frustrations and i'm sure anyone knows that with the digital marketing is that it's changing so rapidly algorithms shifting and all that kind of stuff constantly so it's kind of um it's gamified and you need to have an expert so okay so you've grown this far all because of word of mouth right because the product itself was really good 
and people just talked and talked and talked and you've been in business since, right? That's how your, your number one strategy is, right? It has been, but I know that's not enough for global domination. <laughs> Keep about global domination, but like being able to help people, you yes. know, get the word out there. <laughs> yes, that's great. So um, I would also like to pick your brains on this. So there are a lot of companies right now, manufacturers, uh, that produce um, in large quantity skincare lines brandless lines and then you know um, anyone who wants to have a skincare right now can just approach these manufacturers and you know just put a brand name on it um, I just was wondering if you had an opinion about that well I think it you know fits in perfectly in line with society <laughs> like the, yes there is um, you'll be surprised at the brands that are um, taken from white labeled companies um, as a consumer you don't necessarily know whether the person whether the brand that you're buying is being, has been purchased white labeled and just had a different brand sticker I, I mean I think that's just a commercial thing look we all know there's like a million skincare brands out there and, and we also know that marketing is forms such a big part of skincare purchases mm -hmm. so I think I guess there's a little bit of buyer beware yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that they're good or bad, but I'm, there are some excellent white label companies out there. All right. So um, is there enough skincare line for men, do you think? Uh, that is a good question. So as a pharmacist, most of the issues that are um, to do with men are actually could be addressed using the same skincare. Um, I'm also... Married to a man and I have two teenage boys mm -hmm. and I can see there is a big resistance about using products that are marketed for women, even if you say, actually, this is good for both. Uh, the, so when I started my brand, I tried very difficult, di uh, tried diligently to make the products gender neutral in appearance, non-threatening, non-threatening colors, non-threatening, um, branding uh, but I can definitely see that uh, men there is definitely demand curiously though as a it is a well-researched fact that um, men end up using their women folks products <laughs> they reckon probably 80% of um, men who live whether it's their wife their mother or even their roommates mm -hmm. so Something to keep in mind if you notice that your skincare at home is seems to be running out faster than you thought. Right, so you answered this briefly just now. You said you do try other brands at home. So, um, and you, do you do this often, like every other day, or is Q, is your QED skincare part of your, you know, your everyday routine? Maybe you use another brand for night, uh, and then the daytime you use yours. So the QED skincare is absolutely my routine. And I'm not just saying that because it's mine, but uh, basically, like, I've refined it and refined it really and truly. I have sensitive skin, and it's really difficult to find skincare that is good for sensitive skin. And I, one of my big things about QED Skincare's brand is that it's not just that it doesn't make sensitive skin react, mm -hmm. it's that it makes sensitive skin better. So when I'm trying other products, I'm just trying them out of curiosity. I might try, you know, use it once use it twice if I'm like trying just interested in I'm always interested in textures and um, and I think like again like, as I said I owe it to my customers to see what is out there because they come to me for an informed opinion 
So, how did you decide on the name QED? What does it stand for? Um, about to reveal myself for a big nerd as a big nerd uh, in high school because I'm I guess I'm old. In maths, at the end of a proof, we had to write QED, mm -hmm. which is Latin for Quadratus Demonstratum, which means "thus is proven." So, because I one of the big founding principles of my range is that I'm using proven ingredients. So it seemed really fitting uh, that even though it's in, you know, they're relatively new formulations, it was very, very important to me that I'm using proven ingredients. Okay. So, Thus is, sorry? Thus is proven. That's uh, what the QED means. All right, great. Um, and your brand, right? It customizes um, for one's needs. So meaning if they come to your, you have a spa, right? In Bondi, was it Bondi Junction or? Bellevue Hill. Sorry, Bellevue Hill. And do they come in and you just cognate something for them according to their preference? Is that how it works? A little bit. Basically, um, one of the big things with people with sensitive skin is scent can be a very big trigger. But scent is also very personal. So we have five different skincare ranges mm -hmm. so that the products um, – Actually, let me take it back one step. In the pharmacy, I would often see people, they might be looking at cleansers for five different, like they might, I may see them pick up five different cleansers and I may even be able to see that they were cleansers for completely different skin types, but I would see them sniff the product and I would see them often choose the product according to which scent they liked. So often people were choosing products that were not actually good for them. Okay. Except is very personal. So one of the big things that we do is most of our products are actually created completely unscented, which is great for someone whose sensitivity is scent or preference or get migraines or something like that. And then you choose from our scent library, one of our 12 signature scents, and you actually actually incorporate that into your products and in our clinic when you're coming in for treatment, you actually choose the product, the fragrances that you want in your treatment because you know what scent is like super emotional and um like the sense of well-being that it can promote a scent that you love mm -hmm. that's like priceless all right so about your brand so how many products do you have right now oh there's about so there's about 40 different SKUs or product lines and then 90% of them can be customized in 12 different sets. Wow, that's great. And uh, what is um, your best-selling product and why? So our best-selling product would be the Wrinkle Rewind Repair Serum. It's pure oil and it's a blend of, okay, secrets here, <laughs> rosehip oil, camellia oil, vitamin E, and evening primrose oil. It doesn't have any scent and other than the actual ingredients. But what is fabulous about it is it can be used to make any skincare range that you're using work better it, uh, because it's packed with antioxidants it, and, um, and vitamins. There's, it's got a whole host of features, including like it's, it's made out of um, some oil molecules which are larger, so they stay on the outside to protect and to plump. And, and so to protect and to prevent, uh, provide a faint shimmer. And then they also have smaller molecules which penetrate to plump up your skin. So whatever 
so that serum goes on last and literally whatever skincare you've put on underneath just works better even from the simple principle that it prevents them from evaporating as quickly also works really well for with scars so even though it's our most expensive product it's also the fastest moving one because literally you need very little and people just find instant results like you can actually see them when you put it on so wow that's great so uh, for this interview, I actually did a research on your brand and I found an article with news.com.au that said that your no, no rinse um, line is one of one that is so rev revolutionary and she loves it because it's it suits people who have a hard time, you know, putting skincare on because it's a lot of steps. So you've already cut all the steps and you've made it into one product and it's a no rinse um facial wash which I've never heard of because um, <laughs> and uh, I was just wondering if you could like, explain more about the idea where you got the idea to come up with the no rinse brand and honestly I have not heard of many brands doing that is that one of your is that uniquely yours the idea uh, I have seen it once or twice in my global research but it's kind of uncommon firstly um, water is actually not good for sensitive skin Right. It can actually dehydrate skin. Um, but actually where the idea came about is um, I was very time poor. Okay, we can call it lazy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was working really long hours. At that point, I had small children who also wanted my time. And by the end of, and I like, I like looking pretty. I like putting on makeup. But by the end of the day, the last thing I wanted to do was stand at the sink, splashing my face. And so often I'd end up going to bed with my makeup on. And um, and also, you know, the whole, and even if I wasn't wearing makeup, like, you know, just the day's grime kind of thing. But you know what? We get tired at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and, and I was daunted by the number of products and steps that I was meant to use. And it occurred to me that um, basically that a no rinse cleanser was the perfect option. Literally, I have it. I'd have it sitting next to my bed with some cotton rounds. And as I was reading a book back then, now reading, watching Netflix, and I um, would literally could wipe off um, wipe off the day's grime. It was also satisfying because you can actually see the dirt coming off mm. on the cotton round. And then I had a little garbage bin next to my bed. And, and the advantage of not using, having to use water meant that uh, we, like it actually protected my skin. And also when you're, basically I made the cleanser full of treatment ingredients. And so why would I want to wash them down? So rather I wanted all those, the antioxidants and the hydrating ingredients to stay in my skin. Okay. So, so that was basically the principle. It came about from, we'll call it, time poorness but we can also call it laziness <laughs> and I'm going to call laziness time poor <laughs> uh, but actually it was much much better for my skin so as a result like basically we've developed I've developed four different no rinse cleansers so that um, you can actually really and truly treat your skin mm -hmm. you're, you're not um, like a lot of people turn to wipes in that situation but wipes really tend to strip your skin of its natural protective oils so rather than this you're actually doing better for your skin and also you're, you're allowed to be tired at the end of the day i wanted to just 
check with you on your brand. So it's right now available on your in your shop in uh, in Sydney, and then you and I've also checked. It's also on Iconic. That's correct. And uh, you remember you mentioned uh, earlier um, about you know going wholesale. Maybe you'd like to share for some of that plans, or is that too sure? Uh, well, we do have our own website at QDSkinCare.com, and we've actually taken care of customers all over the world. Um, but yes, we are at the moment um, in talk with different companies to do wholesaling. Um, we think it's very important for our brand to curate who we wholesale to. And I think that also gives uh, security to people who want to work with us in the future, that it's not going to be you know, held by people who don't have the same values. So finally, um, uh, Shasha, now what kind of advice do you have for entrepreneurs who want to create their own skin line, but are not necessarily with a science background like yourself? So if you have a good idea, there are very good uh, formulators out there who can help you come up with your with um, with your IP, your own product range. Be prepared to have a lot more money than available than you thought. Like whatever the amount that you thought you're going to need, it's going to cost a lot more. Um, and it also really helps to have a very good support network. Yes. Could you, could you elaborate uh, that on so, the support network, like what marketers or? Uh... Um, yes, and also uh, either parents who live nearby who will feed you. Good friends can do that really well as well uh, because you're in for a lot of really late nights. Uh, your learning curve is going to be amazing. You will never get bored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I haven't been bored in a really long time. <laughs> you get to learn all kinds of things. But, yes, most definitely finding really you need to be a bit realistic about your own skill set and what you can learn and trying to find those people who can support you yeah when you find someone who's good do everything you can to keep them Joshna, it has been really interesting to talk to you today thank you so much and um yes i will just hope to see qed in Coles or woolies maybe in the future it's an absolute pleasure chatting with you june thank you very much thank you